As the new year unfolds, make it a year of comfort and indulgence with Minky Couture. Wrap yourself in the lap of luxury with our exquisite blankets. Picture the cozy moments, the warmth of our premium materials, and the stylish designs that define Minky Couture. Welcome the new year with the ultimate in comfort and sophistication. January is your month to embrace luxury. Visit MinkyCouture.com or your nearest store today. Elevate your comfort, elevate your style with Minky Couture. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today we are talking my top 10 busts. The players that you want to avoid in your draft. Ranked in order. Let's go. Talking about practice. LeBron James with no record for human life. And he's going to go. Back out to Allen. History quarter. Hurry for three. Wow. Unbelievable. Making it rain in New York. We the North are now we the champions. Not the destination. G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys NBA and on Instagram at Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball. Today we are counting down the top 10 busts slash overvalued players. So, of course, some of these guys are going to be ranked higher and lower. They might not all completely bust, but I think that they are going too early in drafts. I've tried to also do a little bit of a rankings um, list of this one here. So uh, my 10th ranked guy is probably, you know, not as much of a bust as my number one ranked player. So make sure you stay towards the end of the video where we will be going through basically the, the players that I think are the most likely to completely bust this season and uh, not provide you the fantasy value that you think they might. Um, I also do have a couple of honorable mentions that we'll start off the video with um, that we'll get to in a second. But before we do that, make sure you guys are subscribed to the YouTube channel. Make sure you guys give this video a big thumbs up. If your fantasy draft is coming up this weekend, um, you know, we were only one week basically until the start of the season. Head over to ballboysnba.com as well if you want to check out our um, rankings, uh, a few fantasy articles. Also, we've got our uh, exclusive Q&A podcast that we host over there. So if you want to have your questions answered on the podcast um, and also throughout the entire season, you can check your teams and see how you're doing with those, all those kind of things. Head over there, subscribe for 10 bucks. It'll cover you for the entire season. And uh, yeah, I think it will help you with your drafts. Definitely if you've got them coming up this weekend, let's get stuck into it. Um, my honorable mentions, I've got two players here um, on different ends of the spectrums. Honorable mentions, DeMontis Sabonis 
and Harrison Barnes. Sabonis on Yahoo ranked at 25. I've seen people drafting him in the second round. Um, to me, it's just too early, guys. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the build that Sabonis provides in the fact that he is a poor free throw shooter. He doesn't hit threes. He doesn't block shots. He doesn't get steals. He's really good in rebounds. He's really good in assists and his field goal percentage is pretty nice. The points are okay. It's just, I think you can get those stats from different players elsewhere in the draft. I feel like blocks are so hard to find this season. And if you're punting free throw percentage, which you, you know, which benefits um, Sabonis's stat set, you you want to maybe capitalize. And and I'd rather be taking someone like a Rudy Gobert or or someone even like an Evan Mobley ahead of a player like Sabonis, and I'm seeing him go ahead of a few of those guys early in draft. He's ranked ahead of both of those players on Yahoo, ranked at 25. Um, so for me, he's just a bit too high. Obviously, he's not going to completely bust. I think he'll be fine, but just from a personal preference in terms of building my teams, um, not a fan of Sabonis being that high. The second guy in the honorable mentions here is Harrison Barnes at 96. It's just a completely boring pick, and I feel as though Keegan Murray coming over to this team could hurt Barnes even more. He, I think, only made this rankings in a nine-category setting last year. I don't think... I think he might have even been a bit behind this, but just absolutely zero upside. Um, he, he got worse as the season went on last season. Um, someone who I don't even think that I'd bother drafting in most cases. If, you, if you're if you in a deeper team league, he's, sure, he's a fine guy to be a safe pick. But in a standard 12-team league, um, there's just zero upside. And I just don't think that he does anything in particular. Maybe he scores okay. But outside of that, I think you can do a bit better than Harrison Barnes. And at 96, I mean, yeah, it's the end of the sort of draft. But... Yeah, I just don't think that there's much point drafting Harrison Barnes at 96. So let's get stuck into the top 10. Um, at number 10, I have Paolo Banquero as a bus slash overvalued player. Now, this is not... Paolo, rookies. Rookies are, are tough because we don't have as much evidence to go based off in the NBA. I have a fear that Paolo Banquero is going to be someone that is very frustrating to own in fantasy basketball this season. Um, I was not his biggest fan leading into the draft, although I could I could conceivably see the talent and the potential there. Um, you know, his size, his playmaking ability for that size is enticing. I just worry that he's going to be very inefficient this season. I worry that the Magic's overall level of talent on the roster and especially the overall level of shooting on the roster will make it very difficult for him to score well and score efficiently because teams are going to, you know, as a rookie, they're going to basically be looking at him and Franz Wagner as the two main guys to score. And that's a lot of pressure for a rookie to walk into. And, um, you know, he, he's, I don't see him hitting a, a ton of threes. He's not going to be a guy that I see getting a lot of steals and blocks. Um, the turnovers, I think, are going to be high. So he's really a points, rebounds, assists guy, but all of those other peripheral numbers, I think, are going to be pretty bad. Um, if you're punting a few categories, he might be worthwhile. I also think the free throw percentage might not be the best either. Uh, field goal percentage, I think, might be a bit rough, especially early on, especially for your power forward player. I just... Um, there's a scenario where he reaches this, and this is why he's number 10 and not higher, but there's a scenario where he reaches this and maybe even beats this, but I think that there is actually a very significant chance that he is um, really, really bad to start the season, especially. I think that 
there's just not a whole lot of fantasy goodies here that he provides in his stat set. And I think that there is a risk. And I've had my doubts about Paolo um, leading back to before the draft. Um, if you want receipts, you can go check those videos out there online. Um, I just, there's something about Paolo that, that hasn't quite sold me. And I haven't got him in any of my drafts so far. So I just think that at 77, some people are going even earlier than this into the 60s, into the 50s. I've even seen him go. Um, number one pick, there's always a little bit of hype there. For me, there's just a lot that can go wrong with Paolo Boncaro. So at number 10, he is my um, uh, bus candidate for this video. Number nine, this is a bit of a, I don't know about this one, <laughs> um, Alex Caruso at 100. It just seems crazy to me that he's this high. Um, maybe it's too obvious and maybe he's not actually going to go this high in a lot of drafts. But I, I had to mention it because there is the potential that with Lonzo Ball out, everyone's assuming that Caruso is going to take this big jump forward. So at number 100, Alex Caruso, I think he's a fine last round pick, I guess. But he's really only a steals specialist. Even last year when he was... Um, you know, crushing it in steals and, and, and did really well to start the year. He's still ranked outside the top 150. He's he's really a streamer option only. And now it looks like the Sumnu might be starting over him. Um, you've also got other players like Dale and Terry emerging that I actually really like. Um, there's just, there's no certainty that he's going to get a boost in his minutes compared to last year. And last year, he was nowhere near this um, type of value, even with the elite steals. And if that drops off any little bit from last year, it's just, you're just throwing away a pick at pick 100. So I don't necessarily think he's going to go this high in most drafts. I'd be surprised if, if in a real draft, he goes at pick 100. Um, but I just wanted to mention it in case people were thinking that he's going to take this big step forward with Lonzo Ball out. I just really don't think so. He's fine as a last round pick if you really need the steals. That's cool. Um, but I wouldn't go any more than that. So he's at number nine for that reason. If, if, I, if I thought he was actually going to go at 100, he might actually be higher than this. But... I just don't really see people reaching up for Caruso at pick 100. But just in case he makes the list. At number eight, this this one and probably the next one might be a little bit controversial. I've got Tyrese Maxey as a bust candidate and slightly overvalued. He is playing really, really well in uh, the preseason. He um, ranked, I think, about this level. If I just double check uh, my rankings from last season. So he was the 57th ranked player last season. He was the 60th ranked guy after um, James Harden came over. So that's all fine. So him at what, 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 what 54 on Yahoo. That's fine, I guess, if you just expect him to do what he did last year. But I think that there's a there's scope for him to regress from last year, especially with James Harden back in the mix. He shot the ball at a 51.1% clip in the field goal percentage category last year once Harden arrived. Um, the thing that I don't love about him, and it goes back to the same argument that I had with Michael Porter Jr. last year, he shot the ball so well, the, the three-point percentage, I think after the All-Star break, was like 48% or something ridiculous. I just don't... It's It's... It's impossible to keep that level of shooting up for the entire season. And if he doesn't shoot it at, a, at that ridiculous clip, he doesn't have the other stats to fall back on, especially with James Harden there. His assists dropped down. He, I mean, it was only a little bit, but they dropped from 4.3, or, or it was probably higher than that for the, the second half, of, first half of the season, to 3.4 after the All-Star break. So Harden's taking a lot of the, the playmaking uh, responsibility. He doesn't get steals. He doesn't get blocked. He's a poor rebounder. Um, 
So if that field goal percentage drops, his points drops, his threes drop as well. I just think that there's significant scope for Tyrese Maxey to to fall down the rankings fairly significantly. Now, I I have more confidence in him maintaining this level than I did Michael Porter Jr. last year. Michael Porter Jr. was also going a lot higher than this, but there just is a very kind of a similar vibe to me that Tyrese Maxey is going to be someone that we expect to just shoot the ball at a 50-plus percent field goal percentage, and I just don't think that's realistic. I think he's more of like a 45% uh, field goal guy, um, which which I think tanks his value a, a fair chunk, like I said, just because there isn't those other stats to um, boost up his value. Like he might be, you know, 18 points a night, that's cool, but, you know, maybe less than two threes. You know, he's probably going to get you like three rebounds, three assists, less than a steal per game, hardly any blocks. And if that field goal percentage comes down to a slightly negative number instead of a positive number, that's a big dent to his value. So um, let me know what you think. If you agree or disagree, I know he's doing really well in preseason and maybe he is just the greatest shooter ever. Uh, but I, I really just don't think that it's going to be able to sustain for the entire season. Um, so for me, Tyrese Maxey is a bit of a bust. He's a bit overvalued at, at 54. I'd be more happy to take him in the 70s, 80s, um, but this is just a bit too rich for my blood. Pretty similar story here for number seven. My number seven bust, I've got Jordan Poole. Now, Jordan Poole is a guy that I think is really, really good. I really like Jordan Poole as a player. I think that when he's given the opportunity, he is... Someone, um, I might even think that he's a better player than Clay Thompson, especially on the offensive side of the court. Um, the ball handling and shot creation ability, I think, might be better than Clay Thompson. Lacks a little bit more on the defensive end, but when it comes to fantasy, we saw him struggle last season when Clay and Steph were both healthy. I think um, from memory, again, I've got the stat here. Let me just find it. Yep. So when they were both healthy, which was, how many games was that? Um. Let me just triple check. Um, so 51 games, both of them were, one of them were injured. So that means that he had 15, sorry, 25, 25 games in 25. So not not the smallest sample size, but in 25 games coming off the bench, he put up 14 points, 1.83s, three rebounds, three and a half assists, half a steal, Um it's just, it's just not the Jordan Poole numbers that we expect. D- compare that to when he was the starter, 21 points, uh, 4.2 assists, a steal per game, 3.7 rebounds, over three threes a game. It's just um, it's a different kind of player. Now, I expect him to be better than those off-the-bench numbers from last year. However, at 63, you're basically asking him to do exactly what he did last season because last season he was the 64th-ranked player. Now... Are we expecting Clay Thompson and Steph Curry to be out for another 51 games? I don't think so, guys. I think maybe you're going to see them out for 20 to 25 games at, at most, unless there is a significant injury. And I just don't want to draft a player needing another guy on that team to come down with a significant injury for my player to get the value that I'm trying to draft him at. I want to be trying to get some upside. So again, similar to Tyrese Maxey, I'd be rather I'd rather take him in the 70s and 80s and hope for that upside to be there. We're at 63 where people are drafting him and some people are going a little bit earlier. I know he's a very exciting player and I, like I said, I do really like him. There's just the uncertainty about how the team looks like when it's completely healthy. He's probably not going to get to 30 minutes um, when both of those guys are healthy, it's probably going to be closer to 25. 
as good as he is. Um, yeah, I just think that there's a lot of downside here and a lot of risk that he doesn't perform to this level when you are taking him at this level because I do expect him to come off the bench when Steph and Clay are healthy. And um, yeah, as good as he is, I don't think that there's much more upside for improvement here besides one of those guys going down. So he is my bust number seven. At number six, we've got a big man, Jonas Valanciunas at 52. I'm just worried about how he looks like with Zion back in the mix. Um, He's someone that doesn't get many blocks. He isn't a big three-point shooter. The steals aren't really there. So his value is very much baked into his field goal percentage, his points and rebounds. He's a good free-throw shooter as well. So if he uses if he sorry if he loses usage he's going to ding his points and he's also going to ding his field goal percentage because you're not going to get that same level of volume in those categories. So I think that with Zion coming back his usage will drop. I'm also worried his minutes are going to drop as well because I expect him to play a little bit more small ball, maybe some Zion at the center, Trey Murphy coming in there at the power forward. I think that that's something they're going to want to do. They've also got there's, there's actually a decent amount of depth on this roster as well. So you've got players like Larry Nance Jr. Um, you've got, um, uh, what's that guy's name? Hayes coming off the bench. Jackson Hayes coming off the bench, who I, I do like as well. There's just a few guys in this one. I think you're going to see a bit more Trey Murphy coming into play, playing more minutes. I think that you're just going to worry that he's going to drop in playing time. He was the 42nd ranked player um, last season, 56 for the second half of the year. So we're already expecting him to be better than he was in the second half of last year when Zion wasn't there. I think that there's a real risk that he drops back to sort of like the 70th, 80th ranked player. Um, there's no upside to beat this ranking at 52. So to me, he's a pretty clear bust candidate. Now, I know centers are hard to find this year, especially those that can hit good free throws. So I understand it from that point of view, but um, to me, I'd rather take a swing even on like someone like a Alperen Shangoon, um, or just wait until the, the sort of that second batch of centers in the in the seventies and eighties. You know, getting a Wendell Carter Jr., getting someone like a PJ Washington, getting someone um, even if if you're punting uh, free throw percentage, getting a, a Claxton or a, or a Clint Capella, those kind of types. I'd rather just get them in the later rounds than spend my uh, fifth pick or, or, or sixth pick on a Jonas Valanciunas because I think there's tremendous downside with Zion coming back into the mix. Um, bus number five here. So at rank number five, I've got Michael Porter Jr. making back-to-back appearances on the bus show. So last year, he was my number one bus candidate. Um, this year, he is at number five. Obviously, you're not paying as much as you were for him last year, but at 53, we're still expecting him to do Basically, what he did two years ago, the difference now is he's had back... Oh, sorry, not back-to-back, but he's had multiple back injuries, um, and there's significant risk. I think that this is maybe his ceiling, his upside at 53. He could get there. Um, have no problems with him making it there, but you're putting a lot of risk at this point. He's someone who, again, really relies on efficient shooting. He might be able to get to a steal and a block per game, which is okay, but Jamal Murray is now back. Um, you've got the ascension of someone like Bones Highland who might come in and steal a little bit more usage than a couple of years ago. You've got, I don't think he's played much with Aaron Gordon there as well. So he's the third option on this team, maybe the fourth option on this team, depending on how much they use Aaron Gordon. Um, He's got injury risk. He doesn't give you assists. He doesn't give you a high volume in steals or anything like that. Um, 
I don't expect the field goal percentage to be above 50%. It's a high 40s for me, 47, 48%. Um, so the points I don't think are going to be as high as what we expected last year. So there's just not a lot that I really love about Michael Porter Jr. And when you add in the injury risks, to me, he's just um, there's just nothing but downside here. There's no upside, so there's definitely bust potential at this spot. Not as bad as last year. We're not getting as excited as we were. Um, but I still think we are forgiving him too quickly for what he was last year. He was atrocious to start the season. Just remember how bad he was. I know there was an injury to his back, but just don't expect him to be this guy that consistently shoots 43, uh, sorry, 53, 54% from the field because I don't th- think that that's realistic for a player like Michael Porter Jr. Um, top four, this is where I can see some real bust potential here. Top four at number four. Jeremy Grant is uh, my next bust slash overvalued player. At 74 on Yahoo, I am seeing people take him around this spot sometimes earlier, expecting him to be the same player that he was in Detroit. He is now over in Portland. I expect him to be behind Damian Lillard in usage. I expect him to probably be behind... um, uh, I'm blanking right now on the name. I'm expecting him to be behind... Jeez, guys, I tell you what, this is what happens when you do all these podcasts these days. Your mind just turns to mush. Who am I forgetting? Anthony Simons is the player that I'm thinking of. Adoy. Uh, but anyway, I think he's going to be the third option um, on that team. And I think that you're going to see his usage drop. He's not a good rebounder for a power forward player. Um, you know, he'll get your steal and a block, but just not a lot in the assists. The field goal percentage, I don't think is going to be too great. He's just, he's one of those guys that probably gets dinged a little bit also in head-to-head leagues because he's not good in any one particular area. He might be a bit better in a roto league, but in a head-to-head league, I'm looking for players that can be a bit more of a boost in a particular um, category at this point. I, I'm well and truly knowing what I'm going to be punting. Um, so for me, Jeremy Grant is just kind of like a whatever boring pick. And at pick 74, there's a lot of other um, high upside swing players at this point in the draft. I'm sort of more waiting until closer to pick 100 for Jeremy Grant. Um, when he was on other good teams or, or teams where he wasn't the number one option, like Denver in the past, he was outside the top 150. So there is significant downside here at 74 that he might not even be worth rostering. Um, I don't think he'll go that far. I think he's still someone that, you know, you can draft inside the top 110. I think that's fine. But at 74, it's just too high for me. And uh, yeah, not not keen on it at all. At number three... This is probably the lowest ranked guy that I've got listed here, but I just really don't want to have any part of this man in fantasy basketball this season. And that is Russell Westbrook at pick 109. The um, To me, the writing is on the wall that I don't think he's going to be playing in 2023. I think that the NBA is finally caught up um, to the fact that this man is not someone who contributes to winning basketball. I really just don't see the scenario that Russell Westbrook is okay playing uh, bench role. I think that he wants to be a starter. He always has been a starter, and I don't think that he is willing to take that, um, for the team to take that away from him. He was terrible last year playing next to LeBron James. um, It just destroys his value. He doesn't get you any steals, doesn't get you any blocks. The threes aren't there. The free throw percentage is poor. The turnovers are high. The field goal percentage is poor. So he's a slightly above average scorer. He gives you rebounds and assists. That's cool. But they're nowhere near what they were when he was the head guy. Um, the Lakers are signing Dennis Schroeder. They're, you know, they've traded for Patrick Beverly. They've, they've 
getting all these insurance policies at the guard position because I think that if they can't trade him in the first month or two, it's it's just going to be so bad in my opinion that they're going to have to sit him and they're going to have to they're going to ask him to to come off the bench. He won't want to do it. He'll chuck a hissy fit, and and then I just don't think he's going to play. I think that there's real, real bust potential. Take him with your last pick if you're punting free throws. If, you, if you're not punting free throws, then don't bother. I'm not drafting him even as a last round flyer. I'm not. I'm not. He'll just destroy my percentages. Percentages, um, and he's not going to contribute enough in other areas to make up for that. If you're punting free throw percentage, sure you can take a swing if your field goal is already really strong. But again, not till the last or second to last round. At 109, you're still drafting your starters. Um, I just really... Uh, I've always been down on Russell Westbrook. Um, long-time listeners probably know that, but there's just... The NBA is catching up, and I think that they're finally realizing that this guy just isn't a contributor to winning basketball. So I don't think that he's going to be playing much basketball this season, personally. So he is my guy at number three for the top 10 bus. At number two... Um, maybe a guy that I wouldn't have thought I would have on this list until the last week in preseason. But at number two, I've got Brandon Clark at 79. It looks like he's coming off the bench. Uh, I personally thought that with Jaron Jackson Jr. out, he would start the year as the starter, maybe moving back to a bench role later in the season. Um, I thought he might have had a chance to start even when Jaron Jackson comes back and Stephen Adams moves to the bench. I don't think that's the case anymore since they gave Stephen Adams that extension. And Santi Aldama, the uh, the preseason MVP so far, at least from a fantasy basketball breakout point of view, he seems to be the guy that looks a bit more favored to start at that power forward position. It makes sense with his ability to space the floor. Um, Brennan Clark might have a slight boost to his minutes, but I think that this really just caps his upside. Um, it means that it's not worth drafting him inside the top 100, inside the top 110, in my opinion, because he's um, he's not going to have the, the spike in value early in the season that I thought we were going to get. And then he's, his value is going to take a further hit when Jaron Jackson Jr. comes back. So for me, at 79, um, I know that's that's been there since maybe we thought that he was going to be starting. But in case your league hasn't sort of cracked on or you still sort of have that in your mind, I just don't I don't see the value. I, I can take him, you know, 110, 120 if I really need a boost to my field goal percentage and some decent rebounds, but he doesn't provide anything really in the way of defensive stats, assists. He doesn't hit threes. Um, he's not a huge scorer. He's not a huge rebounder either. Field goal percentage is his biggest thing, um, and it's just not that valuable. There's high upside guys left on the board. So for me, Brandon Clark at 79, huge bust. Um, he might not be going that high anymore with the preseason rotations, but I still see people grabbing him in the 80s, the 90s. Um, even in the early 100s, it's too early for me. I'm just not that keen. I'd rather take some high upside guides at that point. So for me, Brandon Clark is your number two player on the top 10 busts and overvalued list. And uh, number one, I mean, if you guys have been watching and listening previously, you probably know who it is. Um, before I reveal it, let me know if you haven't watched my content before. Let, let me know down in the comments below. Who do you think it is? I'll, I'll little drum roll here. Uh, number one, the top 10 bus is Tobias Harris. Uh, yeah, you probably saw it coming if you watched my content talking about bus before, but Tobias Harris to me is uh, my number one bus. He's probably number one by a fair way at 59 on Yahoo. I just want absolutely no part of Tobias Harris inside the top 100. 
He was uh, really bad after James Harden came over. I think he's the fourth offensive option um, in Philadelphia now. You've got Embiid, you've got Harden, you've got Tyrese Maxey. Then you've got Harris, and, and maybe you've even got someone like a Anthony Melton ahead of him um, who's coming off the bench who might have a higher usage. He gets no steals, no blocks. Um, the three threes are low in volume. Um, the field goal percentage has started to drop as well. He, you know, After the All-Star break, he was the 110th ranked player. They've also signed P.J. Tucker now, who might eat into his minutes a little bit. Um, plays a similar position to him. They're deeper than they were last year. There's just nothing to like for Tobias Harris. He's just below average at everything. And even when he gets outside the 100, you just want you want guys that fill a certain role, and Tobias Harris just doesn't do it. I have had no interest in Tobias Harris in any of my fantasy teams this year. And at 59, um, yeah, it's just absolutely insanity to me. He is not going to get there this season. He was the 59th ranked player last year in the total season. I can understand why if you were being lazy and you're just copying over what they did last year, he would be here. But to me, no chance. No chance that I want him here. He's over 30 years old, so he's on the decline. I just don't see the appeal of Tobias Harris at all this season. So to me, he is your number one bust candidate this season. Um, so if you listen to anything that I say in the preseason, don't end up on Tobias Harris on your team unless you get him outside pick 100. Um, and if that's the case, then sure, he's fine if you want a uh, average across the board contributor. But to me, I'm just not seeing that a lot happening. So number one bust candidate, Tobias Harris. So let me know what you guys think. Are there other guys you think that I left off the list? Other bust candidates that you're seeing going way too high? Let me know down in the comments below if you're watching over on YouTube. Make sure you guys are subscribed. Tomorrow, we're going to be revealing our top 10 sleepers and undervalued players. So check that one out. And uh, again, fullboysambia.com. Grab your season guide and we'll catch you guys later. Bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.